Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation. It is another day here at the Scouting Combine in Indianapolis. We are in the Indiana Convention Center. Vinny Bonsignor, your boy Q, and of course, DeMond Cotton back in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. And what a day to have a day. Boy, oh boy, it has been uh, a lot of excitement all day long. And when I say all day long, we have been here all day. We arrived here at the Convention Center about 6.30 this morning, Eastern Time. So on the West Coast, if you're keeping track, yeah, it's about 3.30 in the morning. <laughs> so we were really, really busy. It was one of those days. I mean, it was just, like I said, it was active. It was busy. Uh, we knew that there was a, a, a lot of players that were going to be represented at the podium today, and they were starting early. So we thought we'd get here early and get the lay of the land, knock out some work while we're uh, at it, and then, boom, hit it hard. And, Vinny... Hit it hard is what we did, brother. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, a lot of great players <laughs> yes. out there uh, over uh, uh, on the other side of that curtain uh, that, that we're looking at right now. Um, and a lot of players, I think, could help the Raiders. Yeah. Um, you know, they only have 11, not that they only have 11, pick, uh, 11 picks. They can't take them all. They can't take them all, <laughs> is I guess my point, uh, as much as they would love to, uh, because there were some real talent and some very um, – I always I told you this beforehand. Uh, what's always strikes strikes me about uh, the scouting combine is the quality of people that yeah. you get to meet over there. And yep. there's a reason why they're up there on those podiums, right. being talked about the way we're going to get ready to talk about them. Uh, there's some some really good people and good character people, and that always kind of comes across. Uh, and I know it does for the Raiders uh, as well. So uh, just if they could get three or four of those guys, yeah, <laughs> you know that we that we were talking to today, uh, they'll be they'll take a big step toward uh, fixing that defense. Yeah, no doubt. And I mean, just some of the players that we had an opportunity to to meet and greet with at the podium. And again, like Vinny said, there was plenty of them. But Texas Tech edge rusher Tyree Wilson, that's mm-hmm. a big time player. He's going to go. You know, in the top ten of the draft, he's probably going to go in top five. And after today's news, maybe top three, right? I mean, he's going to be a guy that's going to go off the board very, very early. Clemson defensive lineman Miles Murphy, he's another guy that we had an opportunity to, to hear from at the podium. Army linebacker Andre Carter, he was a guy I'm very intrigued by. Uh, one, I always want to show all the respect in the world to our armed forces and anyone who's willing to give the sacrifice that they give. You know, we talk about football, we talk about discipline, we talk about a game. A game, but these guys, they're going out there and sacrificing the ultimate sacrifice and making a decision to, you know, not only play football for Army, but they're also talking about their education and also their military, uh, you know, responsibilities. And so it's a lot more that goes into it than just, you know, getting to the football field, practicing, uh, play on Saturdays, and then get to class and make sure that you, you know, you stay eligible. And that's not a small feat, but what they do in the Army, I really do respect it. I think Andre Carter is going to have an opportunity to really be a player in this league and depending on how long he wants to play, you know, obviously he'll go and and, and do his uh, you know, fulfill his military uh, requirements afterwards, but man, uh just I think he has a big opportunity, Vinny. Yeah, I agree and um you know, there was a late decision. I think it came down in December um that uh, basically allowed him yeah. to defer his uh, military obligations. I think he's, he he owes him 2 years. Right. Uh, that's usually the, the the case. And we've seen in the past Napoleon Coffin. Yeah. Uh, Raiders running back who went to Navy, the Naval Academy. I think that it Napoleon was Napoleon McCallum. Oh, yeah. Napoleon, Napoleon Coffin went to Washington. That's right. Gosh, <laughs> darn it. My bad. Yeah, no, you're it's good. A, it's been a long day. Uh, but yeah, but um, mm-hmm. you know, I think it, it, it was delayed for him. Yeah, um, and and you know, he got a little bit of late start. Roger Staubach. Yep, uh, we go back to him. Yep, uh, you know, so the admiral, right? Uh, uh, in, in basketball, um, I think he got because he grew out of the Navy. Yeah, um, you know, he they, he was able to get started pretty early on his on his NBA career. But you're you're right. I think that he's gonna. Um, you know, be somebody that could be a, a situational guy right off the bat because he has an elite skill Yeah, uh, to be able to uh, uh, rush the passer. And it's interesting about him, and, and if you're talking about the Raiders, because the Raiders, we've talked about this, need somebody to complement Chandler Jones. Yeah. Um, you know, eventually supplant uh, right. uh, Chandler Jones. But right off the bat, if they could get some kind of a rookie like, like uh, Andre, Andre yeah. uh, yep. uh, who, can, who can really um, – 
you know, uh, be, be in, a, in a partnership with Chandler yeah. that allows Chandler to play less snaps or fewer snaps uh, and maximizes uh, what Andre could do rushing the passer. That's a great situation. Yeah, it, it really is. He could be a situational pass rusher similar, similar to like what I looked at as uh, Malcolm Koontz. You know, when the Raiders first drafted Malcolm Koontz, I thought that's who he could be, and he flashed his rookie year, and we didn't see much from him last year. But yeah. uh, Andre Carter, to me, just his body length and the way kind of he looks, he also looks like Max Crosby when Crosby came out, you know, right. out, of, out of school and was drafted by the Raiders. And the first thing they said is, well, you got to put on weight. Right. You got to put on weight. You got to hit the. Uh, weight room and all that and then you could be a player I think Andre Carter is going to have to do a little bit of that putting a little bit of weight on because you know I mean he's in the army he's he's fit trim right. you know they're 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 uh, there ain't there ain't too much fat there so I think he's got to probably bulk up a little bit but besides that I think he could be a heck of a player so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with him when the draft comes up but I uh, had an opportunity to hear from him a uh, guy that you're very high on Iowa linebacker Jack Campbell oh, yeah <laughs> yeah, and um, you know, I was put on him uh, uh, earlier this year during the season, and um, and I know that it, he kind of fits a lot of what you know the Raiders are looking for. Yeah, um, and if you go back, you know, Dave Ziegler and Josh McDaniels, their t- Patrick Graham, their time with the with the uh, um, uh, New England Patriots, it's kind of that prototypical type of a player. Mm-hmm. Uh, and listening to him talk about, um, you know. Uh, as a linebacker, and that's what he is. He's a six foot six linebacker. Um, you know, you have to be able to operate. Well, he put it like this: uh, in water and on land, <laughs> you know, an <laughs> like amphibian. It. Yeah. Um, and so, because in the in, as a linebacker nowadays, you got to stop the run, but you also have to defend the pass as right. well. Right. Oh yeah. And he was like, he said like you know, there's times where I'll be you know defending Tyreek Hill. Um, and there's a, times where I'll be having to go chase down a, a star running back in the NFL. That's just the way it is, and that's what linebackers are being asked to do nowadays. He also said he wants to, you know, work on the pass rush. And you look at him; he's big enough. Mm-hmm. You figure that he could he could do that. But yeah, um, I think in that second third round, uh, he's a guy that uh, that I think a lot of teams would benefit from getting, especially at that point in the draft. And the Raiders, I think he fits would fit the Raiders like a glove. Well, we had an opportunity to, to hear from Jack Campbell, uh, also Texas linebacker Demar. Demar- Marvion uh, Overshown, I saw him a lot while he was at UT. Uh, he was a guy that used to be a safety, and he turned linebacker. And so you're starting to see these guys more hybrids, like a Divine Diablo, right? You know, guys that go from being a safety to a linebacker. So Overshown was a guy that we talked to uh, earlier, Alabama linebacker, uh, Henry Tooto. Uh, yes. He went from, uh, what, Tennessee? He, he Tennessee. transferred from Tennessee to Alabama. Uh, and so, I mean, look, a, a linebacker coming from Alabama can't be too wrong. No, not at all. <laughs> not a, nothing wrong with that, right? And, you know, I, what I love about Alabama players uh, is the expectations and the competition that you face mm-hmm. uh, on your own team. Right. Like, nothing's given no. uh, there at they're at Alabama. you got to earn it. you got to earn And it, it goes on a week-to-week basis, too. You mm-hmm. know, you, got, you might come in on Thursday and – you know, you're replaced on the uh, on, on the depth chart because the guy behind you is really good and he's pushing right. you. So you got to bring it every single day. And that's what you have to do at the NFL. Whether you're a backup preparing to be a starter or you know preparing as a starter or a starter uh, holding on to your job, it's competition every single day. And I think the kids from Alabama are well versed in that. By the time they step on the football field in the NFL, well, and that's something that Coach McDaniel said to us every single week yeah. last last year, right? You know, playing time is determined by what you do in practice. Yeah. You know, and so I know that that fans get tired of hearing that, and uh, we even kind of know what's coming. You know, when we ask a question about a certain player, uh, oh, they're not playing that much, or oh, they got some more playing time. Well, they earned it in practice, or they didn't earn it in practice. It's just it's just the way of the land, right? It's just what they do, and it's just how they roll. And some coaching staffs, and you know, some guys, they they have a certain name, and so they say, okay, you're in, right? You know, but. Not this staff. No. That's not, not how they roll. Like they said, your playing time will be determined by what you do in practice. Another guy that we talked to, uh, San Jose State edge rusher, Viliami uh, Fajoko. Uh, and I, I like him. I, I don't know a whole lot about him. I know he played in the Mountain West, uh, but I, I'm trying to remember, DeMond, who it was that we had on the show that was talking about uh, under-the-radar guys, guys that were at the Shrine Bowl, and uh, you know, guys that you could look out for that you know have had opportunities in these little showcases to kind of show off their skills. I don't remember who it was who talked to us, but remember they brought up Fajoko. was like, that's the guy to look out for. He's got, you know, he, he's almost another Malcolm Coons type guy, right, where... You know what he can do. He can get to the, the quarterback. He doesn't have a whole lot of different uh, tricks to the trade, on a, a lot of tools on his tool belt, but he can he can get to the quarterback, and so he could be a situational pass rusher. But, uh, DeMond, do you remember the uh, wh- who we were talking to when we were talking about Fajoko? I can't picture it. I, ca- I really can't. I want to say Emory, but I don't believe it was Emory. But, no, I don't, I don't remember exactly who brought him up. 
Well, it might I don't know. It might have been Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus. It might have been uh, – I don't know who it was. But it, it was – I remember uh, his name, and I remember them saying how, you know, he's a guy to kind of look at for uh, look out for. He's an under-the-radar dude. And so when I saw that he was at the podium, I was like, oh, yeah, we got to definitely talk to him. And I, I do remember seeing him at the Shrine Bowl, so I, I knew that, you know, that he was also there in Las Vegas. So I got a couple minutes with uh, Fajoko from San Jose State. So maybe some point of the show we'll be able to get that on. And then one guy that I was really intrigued by uh, – was Nolan Smith right. out of Georgia, defensive lineman. And Vinny, I mean, we were standing there. These guys get about, what, 15 to 20 minutes mm-hmm. to talk, and I think we stood there for 10 minutes not recording anything, just kind of listening to them That's while right. we were trying to decide what we were about to do, what direction we were about to head. And finally I was like, well, hell, I'm standing here listening to him. I might as well go record him, right? right. So, But he, I mean, you want to talk about a dude who, who knows what the combine's about, going, going there and selling himself? He sold himself today. Yeah, uh, absolutely, and uh, he could play a little bit too. Yeah, uh, yeah, so, he's really good. So that's a that's a good thing. But yeah, when when just listening to him and uh, how heartfelt he was and charismatic and yep. emotional, he got emotional, and we'll get yep. to that. Yeah, uh, in just a, in just a little bit. But um, but he showed all the ranges of, of of emotions, and you know, I know a lot of people think, uh, oh, they're they're coached up to talk. You know, they're uh, cookie cutter. Uh, maybe in the interviews um, with, that they do with, with the teams, you know, right. they're, they're kind of taught what to say and how to handle those situations. But at least today, in talking to some a bunch of these kids and, the, and, yeah. and doing this for, for the amount of time that I have been doing it, um, you get some people that are just – that's who they are. Mm-hmm. They're just they're – just, yeah. it's not scripted, no. soft script, and it's just who they are, and their personalities come across. And in Nolan's case, it was a it was a really – inspiring yeah. personality as well. No, it really was. And like I said, they are supposed to get 15 to 20 minutes. It felt like it felt like Nolan was up there about 30 <laughs> minutes, right? right? I mean, because even when I walked away, he was still talking. Uh, and he comes from Georgia. And so Vinny talked about him being emotional. And he got emotional when he was asked a question about uh, Devin Willick, who was the Georgia lineman that got killed in the car accident along with the, the staffer, you know, the, the team manager. Right. And then, and that was before we found out the news earlier today. Yeah. About Jalen Carter. And Jalen Carter was supposed to talk at 1030 this morning. And every, I mean, what was the what was the crowd like around that podium where he never appeared? Felt like there's a good 50, 60 people, right? At least probably more than that. Yep. Um, it was in a small space, uh, but yeah, and you know, and, and that's one of the other things of uh, of the combine. Sometimes, uh, sometimes something just drops, yeah, out of the blue, uh, and that certainly was the case uh, today. Uh, you mentioned the tragic situation of the Georgia player, yep, and Georgia, uh, uh, you know, football staffer. Yep. Um, who who was killed as well? Um, as it turns out, uh, there was a little bit more to that story uh, than we knew. Yeah, yeah, it, it was, and unfortunately, and if you haven't heard, and and I'm sure you have, but uh, you know, Jalen Carter, who I've talked about, ran and raved on this show about how good he is, and if he fell to the Raiders at seven, I would be the one to run up the 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 card to go <laughs> to go get the the make a, make the draft pick, make the selection. Well, I'll tell you right now, um, I don't know when he's going to get selected, but just knowing that he was. At the scene of the car accident, he has an arrest warrant out right now. He put out a statement earlier today basically saying he was headed back to Georgia to get it taken care of. He said he's going to get, you know, uh, it's going to be cleared. He's Everything's going to be free and cleared. He's not, you know, not in a bad situation. But I'll tell you right now, today, it didn't look like a good situation. No, not at all. And, um, you know, if to, to kind of update everybody, um, it sounds like, you know, and, and let's back it up a little bit. Here's here's what's – a couple of things are troubling to me about this. Number one, the fact that he was involved uh, right. in that. And it sounded like there was And it was a street racing. Street racing, you know, um, uh, there was drinking and driving involved. I don't yep. know uh, in Jalen's uh, situation. I can't – you know, I'm not going to sit here and, and, and right. uh, you know, talk about that. But certainly in the victims and yeah. the driver uh, there was. And, and so it sounds like two cars were going really fast. And it looks like uh, Jalen was the driver of one of the other cars um, that was involved in this. And here's what's extra troubling to me. He gave a couple of different versions of his story. That's the problem right reportedly there. Reportedly to right. the police, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's based on the police report. First, he said he was about a mile away or so from the accident. Then he said, yeah, well, I was, I was actually there, but I was behind uh, the car. Then he said, well, I wasn't behind the car. I was actually side by side with the car. Mm-hmm. And so those changing stories... Um, and I know that you know he's a young man and is probably scared to death and freaking out. Um, he's got you know let alone forget about football and what this uh, how this could impact his football career, but just life in general. You know, right. you, you freak out. Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes you don't handle it correctly. 
but the fact that he lied multiple times, it sounds like, uh, to the police, you know, that, that, that probably says a little something about, about him. Right. And, you know, there was reports all the way back in December about, yeah. you know, character issues and people were going after Todd McShay from ESPN really hard, uh, talking about he had no idea what he was talking about. But what he was talking about was stuff that teams were telling him that, yeah, there's a few character flaws here and there, and this was before the incident. Right. So, again, I, I don't know the details. I'm not going to sit here and say that the dude's a bad guy. I don't think that he's a bad guy from what I know. I don't know much about him. I just know this was a bad situation uh, from what it sounds like. He didn't physically be involved. You know, he didn't crash into anybody, yeah. and he didn't, you know, he didn't cause the crash, but it sounds like he was he – was, part of a street race and there could have been alcohol on his part we know there was alcohol on the other part and we know two people lost their lives yeah. so you know ultimately they've got to figure that out and uh you know it's the combine and, and these nfl teams they have so many they have so many resources to go and do their their due diligence and you know the reason it came out today is because well it was going to come out right right no, no absolutely there's a warrant out for his arrest right um and it was it's a misdemeanor two misdemeanor charges reckless driving and excessive speed i think it was right. was the other um it was it going about 104 i thought you said well, I, I think that they said that the the car that was actually involved in the accident okay. was 104 i don't gotcha. know what it was for for his car okay um, but that's pretty darn fast. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. Uh, that's too fast. Yep, nobody should be driving 104 miles uh, an hour. Um, you know, that's that's kind of beside the point. I think what today, um, you know, uh, sort of reaffirmed is that you know there's a reason why teams have to try to do their due diligence. Right. There's, a, there's a reason why teams pour, pour so much money into that side of it because. Mm -hmm. They're making huge investments in these kids, right? You know, even even a third round pick, a fourth round pick, but especially when you're talking about those first round picks, millions upon millions of dollars. The guy can go number one overall, right? I mean, there's a good chance he was going to go number one overall, and I, I don't think that he's going to go number one overall. I think he's going to drop down the board a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you this, and I don't know, and things could change quick, fast, and hurry. I guess. I would tell you if he drops to number seven, I think the Raiders have to pass on him. Right. I mean, I really do. Based just, just, we, just off the, just reading the room. Right. Right. Exactly. And there's, you know, there's a recent history there. Right. Um. And, you know, and uh, and and just, you know, on top of the fact that, like you mentioned, there have been some reports about mm -hmm. character uh, flaws or issues with him that preceded this. Right. And preceded the accident too. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so. You know, sometimes where there's smoke, there's obviously fire, and 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 the amount of money that's being invested, and mm -hmm. the faith and trust that's being invested, uh, that that on the part of teams, you just can't get that wrong. No, no, you, you can't. To, you know, so why even take the chance? Of right, and look, I mean, the, the the draft ends until the end of April. Maybe things come out and find out evidence that you know he was 100 percent innocent and he i mean who knows i mean there's obviously going to be a lot to the legal side of things that we don't know and so we'll find out more about it but just from the outside looking in and from what we know and from it sounding like a a street race it's not something that the raiders in las vegas can mm -hmm. have afford to even take a chance on i mean right. it's just it, it, you have to sometimes you have to look at the player and I'll, you know say okay what did they say about damon arnett there was a bunch of red flags but we thought it was worth the risk was worth it it's just you just can't make that yep. you can't make that mistake. Absolutely. You've already had a tragic uh, accident happen before, and uh, you know you it could always it could happen. Uh, you know it could it can it, it just isn't worth like I said the juice isn't worth the squeeze at all times. So uh, that was kind of an update on what was going on with uh, Jalen Carter here, and it just kind of made this whole combine experience earlier today. Uh, it was it was it was like the bomb dropped. It was just like whoa. <laughs> everything changed quick, fast, and in a hurry. So that was kind of a recap of our morning slash afternoon slash evening as it's uh, after 5 here on the East Coast. Let's go ahead and uh, let you know what guests are coming up on the show. As a matter of fact, in a few minutes, about 15 minutes, we'll have Champ Kelly, Raiders assistant GM. Uh, he'll join us to talk all things this draft build, uh, building process. Then coming up at 3 o'clock, we'll have Jordan Reed from ESPN. Uh, he does a really good job with the draft. He's here covering it like a glove. He's been doing it all year long. He's great with mock drafts, but uh, yeah, uh, Jordan Reed will be fun to talk to. Also had an opportunity to catch up with Cynthia Freeland from NFL Network. Talked to her a little bit earlier today, so you'll hear that conversation. Then we'll close things out with my guy Chris Carter, Locked On Steelers. Uh, he was here. I caught up with him earlier today as well, so you hear that conversation. So we have a lot to get to on today's show. Champ Kelly, Raiders Assistant GM at 2.30. Uh, we should hear from Jordan Reed, ESPN at 3. And then Cynthia Freeland, she'll have, uh, kick off our 4 o'clock hour. Chris 
Carter, Locked On Steelers at 4.30. So those are the guests coming up on the show. Plus, we'll sprinkle in some of the draft prospects that we talked to earlier today at the podium. And, of course, we'll hear from you as well, Raider Nation, at 702-365-9200. Our don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword r Of course, you can hit us up at any point of the show and, uh, and let us know what's on your mind, let you know what you're thinking, or uh, how you react to anything that you hear on the show today. With that being said, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So, again, we're here at the draft. We're excited. Not the draft. Excuse me. We're, we're leading up to the draft. I'm getting ahead of myself. We're at the Scouting Combine here. Uh, we're brought to you by Boyd Gaming, the official local casino of the Las Vegas Raiders. And so this is the building process. This is how they lead up to the draft. This is how you build the team. And uh, questions that we asked GM Dave Ziegler yesterday was about, you know, the, the depth in the, the draft and adding talent to the team. And, you know, I even asked him the question about starters, like how many starters are you looking to, to gain or, or, or do you have a target number that you would like to see coming out of the draft and of course he didn't put an exact number on it but I feel like and Vinny's mentioned it 11 times as Vinny joins us back at the table now he's uh, doing an investigating reporter he's in and out so uh, anyway Vinny what I was talking about was the was the uh, the uh, the way you build a team and the way that the Raiders have so many draft picks right now they have so many picks like 11 right mm-hmm. so my question is how many starters do you think needs to come out of this draft for the Raiders? Like I mentioned to Dave Ziegler, I said, how many you know starters do you kind of look at in the draft and think that you need to come out with? Well, just knowing the holes that they have, especially on defense, and today was a defensive day with all the defensive linemen and linebackers uh, you know, at the podium, how many starters do you think that the Raiders need to, need to come out of this draft with just to start to turn this team around? Immediately or eventually? Maybe both. Maybe, yeah. you know, how many starters do they need to come out with, you know, immediately? And then, you know, how many people need to turn into starters? I mean, I, I guess there's a couple of different ways to answer that. I hadn't thought about it like that, but I guess there's a couple of ways to answer that. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I think immediately. Uh, if you got 11 draft picks and just say that they, they, they make 11 selections. I'm not saying they will, but just say they make 11 selections. I would think six. that I would think six starters, five. Ooh, that's a lot. I, I mean, unless I you're unless you're combining, if you're combining future starters and right away starters, because if I'm looking at yeah, it, if I'm looking at right away starters, I'm thinking, okay, your first round pick's got to be a starter, right? Right. But then you could look at it and say, well, if it's a quarterback, he might not be a starter. True. You know what I mean? So then that would go into the future. But you're starter definitely drafting him to be to be a starter at some point, right? right. I mean, you're not picking a quarterback at number seven and thinking he's going to be a, exactly. a great backup. So okay, so I would say. And I'm even just thinking about defense. I would think that you need to come away with a starting corner. Yep. And, a, and at least, I'd probably say a starting linebacker, too. Yeah. And depending on what you do in free agency, you might even look at the defensive line, you know, and, and maybe a tackle. That's, that's the thing. A defensive tackle is probably, because I think, like, a guy like Jerron Payne is going to cost too much money since he's been franchise tag now. Right. I don't think that they'll, they'll yeah. be able to make that move for him. So, you... I would say I would say three, I, and, and I'm just going to focus on defense because I don't. I, I feel like the quarterback position is is kind of a wild card. Yeah, you don't right. really know. So I'll say they need to come out with a starting defensive tackle, corner, and a linebacker. Yeah, I don't know. I can't sit here and say the exact position. Right, 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 right. Um, but yeah, I, I I think that I think you have to. I think you know, three three new defensive starters, uh, and maybe even an offensive lineman too. You know, we saw Dylan Parham in the third round, be able to come in and step in and be a starter, right? So, uh, and I think there's some, especially on the interior of the, de- of the offensive line, there's some, some, some good interior offensive linemen that I think could step in and be plug-in, plug-in starters. Um, so I would say four. I would say four guys right off the bat. Okay. Well, and, and look, they, I, I'm, I'm going for a big number because I know that they have big holes. Right, and they need a lot of. They, there's a lot of work that needs to be done, and the way they're going to be able to do it, they can't buy all their players, so they're right. going to have to. They're going to have to really hammer this scouting thing and 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 get this talent. And it's not something that's been, you know, uh, uh, something that's routine for the Raiders as an organization. It just has not been routine to be able to go into the draft and get a bunch of, you know, a bunch of talented players. They just haven't been able to do that. They've got to change that. Well. Um Going back a couple of years ago, because I think Damon Arnett started. It's it's not so much like they guys were forced to start. Yeah, yeah, I remember that year. But well, did they 
earn. <laughs> no, 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 no. But see, that's the thing. You got to have confidence. Like Damon Arnett was drafted, and you know, I I listened to what they said about why they drafted him and what he brought to the table. So I was like, okay, well, I want to see. Right. I'm kind of excited to see this guy that they're so fired up about. Oof. And then when you saw him immediately, you're like, wait a minute, what's right. going on? Right. You Jonathan know? Abram started. Yeah. Yeah, he did. But then again, I mean, if he's your first round pick, uh, you would think, especially at a, a, a position like that, even though he was, what, 24 overall or was right. he 28? One of the two. Uh, I think he was 28, right? Yeah, because I think Josh was. Josh, uh, Jacobs, Josh Jacobs was 24. 24. But yeah, I mean. We have to differentiate this. Okay. Okay. They were starters because, let's face it. They had to be. Right. Yeah. And, and in some ways, the Raiders, there are certain positions where the Raiders are in that situation again this year. But. Um, they have to be legit. Let's just, you know, let's define starter. Le- okay. A legitimate starter who earned uh, the starting role. And yes, of course, you're still going to have growing pains, even with um, uh, a, a guy that legitimately won the position coming out of right. training camp. Uh, but they need guys that, you know, are going to be able to contribute at a high level, ASAP. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. And you know, I, I know I said a defensive tackle, but maybe it's an edge rusher. Maybe it's a guy like Tyree Wilson who's getting so much love, yeah. right? And I think that he's just climbing up, uh, climbing up draft boards. Uh, he might end up going. Who knows? I mean, especially with the Jalen Carter situation, he might end up going one, two, or three. I mean, you just really don't know. I mean, he's he's really in a good position right now, especially uh, once he does whatever he does here at the combine, whatever drills he goes through, which all gets started tomorrow. He might really really boost up his draft stock. So uh, definitely want to hear from you, 702 Let's go out to the phone lines, and we'll get DeMond's answer as well. Let's go out and talk to Stove. What's on your mind, Stove? Welcome to the show. Hey, hey guys. How are you doing today? Bless, You're bless. Good. All right. Hey, uh, I, I have a point I want to make here in a moment, but just kind of answer your question. I, 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 uh, I think we have to wait for free agency to know really what, what the specific uh, uh, holes, if you will, that we should be going for in the draft. If we sign a veteran linebacker, that may change the fact that that the immediate need for a linebacker is there. I'll tell you, sure. I get a little frustrated. I get a little frustrated that that when people say the Raiders have never been able to do this. Now, I've been a fan forever. I was at the Super Bowl in Tampa when we won. That's a million years ago. But there is nothing that 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 ties uh, Dave Ziegler together with. Dennis Allen or John Gruden or Reggie McKenzie. I mean, that's all in the past. We have to give this this group a chance to kind of do their thing. But the point I wanted to make is I was listening to the uh, the morning tailgate this morning when when they broke in that that Vinny's tweet had come across about Jalen Carter, and you know, as a fan, you know, which is definitely secondary, you know, my mind goes to, oh my God, is he going to be there at seven? Oh my God! Do we want to take him at seven? And then you know your mind goes through what what does this really mean? You know, and then as a human being, I I had all of these flashbacks to Henry Ruggs, and I'm thinking the Raiders cannot take him. Now the beauty and the curse of the draft is that we're literally two months away from what's going to really happen and what really matters. And, and between now and then, I imagine that the Jalen Carter story is going to be told different than it was today. I don't mean better or worse. I just mean we'll find out more information. Um, the question I have for you guys is, is personally, everything I've seen, I believe in Dave Ziegler. You guys have had the chance to, to sit with Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler just just gut feel, and I'm not going to tie you down to this. I'm not recording the conversation. <laughs> gut feel right now, what do you think we're going to do with number seven? Because my opinion is I think Ziegler is going to let the draft come to him, and that doesn't mean he's not going to be aggressive. If, if the Bears decide to trade Justin Fields, that may be where we land. If he gets an opportunity to trade up for a quarterback he wants, that may be where he goes. But I really get a good vibe from him that he's going to let this play out, and he's not going to get ahead of it. But where does your mind take you, just from listening to these guys the last day or so, what do you think we're doing with number seven? Hey, thanks for the call. We definitely appreciate you. I don't think they've decided yet, I, and, I, and so I can't sit here and say what direction I think they'll go in. They may use it to trade up to get a C.J. Stroud. Um, you know, you probably you're going to have to get into four or five range, yeah. maybe even a little bit higher. Yep. If C.J. Stroud uh, is the guy, uh, they may like Anthony Richardson, um, but feel like it's a little bit too high at number seven. Maybe trade down, still get him, add some extra draft picks. 
or they could go best player available, and that could be in a couple of different you know spots. That could be offensive line. Right. There's some good offensive linemen uh, that that are slotted uh, right there in that in that seven, uh, or, or or defensively. So I think they're still wide open. Uh, and what I like about uh, the, the staff uh, Q is I think they're they're letting the process guide them to that decision. Right. And I think ideally when they get to number seven, uh, let's take the quarterbacks out of the situation. I think when they get to number seven, they'll probably have three or four guys that mm-hmm. they feel really good about taking at number. seven. I think if their quarterback is there, they take him. Yes. Or if they're, exactly. I think this: if their quarterback is there, they take him. If he's in within striking range, they take him. Yeah. So, like you said, if the, whoever their quarterback is, if they're there at five, they might trade up to five. If they're there at seven, they'll take them. Right. I think it's that simple when it comes to the quarterback position. I, I agree. And uh, outside of quarterback, um, I think they'll have, like, about three guys that they have in mind mm-hmm. uh, that they'll be comfortable with uh, at number seven. And if none of those guys are there, then maybe that's another situation where you trade back down right. to go to your next group that might start at l- number 10 or so that you feel is the 10th best player in the draft. Um, or has a grade to be drafted uh, at number ten. So it's it's, and we're not trying to be evasive here. No, I mean I, I'll tell you, I, I think straight up that I think they're going to take a quarterback, or they're going to take the best defensive lineman, or defensive player, I should say, not defensive lineman, defensive player. Okay, that, those are those are my two little thoughts for a seven or around that range because yeah. they could always trade up or trade back a couple spots. But that's who I think. I think it's either going to be a quarterback or the best defensive player. Yeah, I tend to agree with you on that. Uh, I'm leaving just a little bit of room, a little bit of room for offensive linemen. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, there you go. And and when it comes to the draft and, and this staff, we weren't you know giving them a bad time about the lack of success that the Raiders have had. We just were pointing out. I, we've been saying for a long time to the point where People are getting mad at us, <laughs> you know, that that you have to allow them to do what they do. This is the first draft that they've ever had where they have all their, you know, draft capital because last year they didn't have a first or a second round. Right. And I thought Dave Ziegler did a pretty good job mm-hmm. navigating through the draft. So, yeah, we're we're allowing that process to play itself out. I was just, My point was just that as an organization they have to start hitting on the draft because you can't buy a team. You just can't. I mean, the, the more you try to do that, the bigger the hole you're digging, and it's just – not going to work. 2.31 is the time when we come back. How about the assistant GM of the Silver and Black, Champ Kelly? He'll join the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. Our coverage of the 2023 Scouting Combine in Indianapolis is brought to you by Boyd Gaming, the official locals casinos of the Las Vegas Raiders. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. Indianapolis is the spot. The Scouting Combine is where we're at. We're hanging out here on Radio Row. This is really day two, but it's day three. It's this Wednesday, and it was very active Earlier today, we're excited about that. Of course, we're brought to you by Boyd Gaming, the official locals casino of the Las Vegas Raiders. And joining us now at the table is Champ Kelly, Raiders assistant GM. Definitely appreciate your time. How you doing, my man? Man, I'm blessed, man. Great to see you. Yeah, great to see you. And it's funny, I work, uh, I do some ESPN national work, and I always work with Harry Douglas. And he always says, tell my guy Champ. I said, what's up? Listen, Harry is the best. He is is cream of the crop, man. So um, please give him my blessings. I'm excited to watch his his career yeah man, he's he's awesome at what he does he is he's really good he's really getting really good on the radio he's actually in vegas right now for the vegas vipers he's on those calls for espn uh, he's he's blowing up he is one to watch <laughs> yeah like it's just like his career like you knew he was going to be that good as, as a receiver coming right. out of louisville this is how good he's going to be in his setting right now right and you know it just segues right into the conversation about kind of looking at talent and evaluating talent when you go into it you know when you're putting everything together the big board it's the draft <laughs> we're at the combine you know what goes into the whole process of, of getting the talent and putting it together and evaluating it? Well, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a full process that goes on, you know, all, all year round. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of the credit has to be given, um, you know, to our scouting staff. Mm-hmm. You know, we have, um, you know, our college director, Brandon Jurgen, our pro director, Dwayne Joseph, and their staffs. They do an awesome job of, you know, just going and evaluating the whole person. Like, we're really big on, you know, football inte- intelligence. We, we're, we're big on football character and personal character. Um, and that's outside of just the player. Right, right, right. And understanding, like, you know, the skill set and the ability to learn. 
um, is very, very important for us as we add potential Raiders to the to the football team. Champ Kelly is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio, 920 Unnecessary Roughness. You know, we always focus in on the first round, but it's seven rounds deep. There's a lot of draft picks. You know, how, how, how important is it not only to just hit and hammer that first round pick, but also build it up throughout the course of the draft? Right. Yeah, our responsibility is always... Um, to add the right players. Mm-hmm. Like they, may, they may not be the most athletic or they may not be the players that, you know, kind of the draft gurus right. tell us we need to add, but what we're trying to do is build a, build a team, mm-hmm. right? Not just collect talent. Right. And so, you know, throughout this draft, finding guys that can um, attain a role Mm-hmm. That, that we set for our football team. Like, right. we're not just going in and saying, okay, this player, we're going to add this player because he has this talent. We're saying, no, we're going to add, you know, this receiver because he's a third receiver that's going to plan the slide and help us on third downs. Right. And he has return value. Right. Right. So every, posi- every person that we add, we look at them with, with that lens. So when you're looking for players, I mean, they have so many showcases. We're at the Combine. They have oh. the HBCU Legacy Bowl. I mean, they have everything. Is there just no turn, no stone that's unturned? No, you can't. Um, and I think, I, like, I'm grateful for, you know, the, the, the amount of exposure that, mm-hmm. that these players have because it gives us a chance to get to know them you know, beyond, you know, the helmet, right. beyond the shoulder pads, right. right? Because, you know, we gain so much knowledge, you know, just being able to sit with them face to face and to hear their story, right? right, To hear what's important to them, mm-hmm. what drives, what motivates them. Right, right. And so being able to, to, to get that and uncover that about that player allows us to see if that player is going to be a right fit for our football team. So would that be the interview part of the Scott and Combine is really probably more important than even some of the drills that they're doing? For me, um, the interview interview part is extremely important yeah um you know the medical part is is important and we get a lot of the information later but to be able to sit around to sit down and and stare at a person face to face and you know really kind of uncover what makes that person tick Mm -hmm. you know allows you to be a whole lot more comfortable about your choices and your decisions does it help that in at allegiance stadium there's so many showcases now and so they're basically in your backyard and you can go and see these players like they just had the shrine bowl there well i just it just speaks to um you know first of all the the community in in las vegas and and, you know i would be remiss if i didn't thank that community for embracing my family Mm -hmm. um and myself you know we've only been here for a season but we feel home yeah yeah right and so i think it speaks a ton of that community um, the fact that people want to come to Vegas and host the East-West All-Star Game or right. to host different showcases is just a testament to that city and to the people of the city. Talking right now with Champ Kelly here on Radio Nation Radio, 920, Unnecessary Roughness. So how important is it for you to not, you know, like you mentioned earlier, not follow into the, well, this is what the mock drafters are saying we're supposed to do, but stick to your board, trust your board, trust your evaluations? Well, I think, you know, I think that's, that's who we are, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we're going to trust our processes and trust our scouts beyond anything. Right. Um, you know, we have, you know, guys with a tremendous amount of experience who've dedicated a lot of time and made a lot of sacrifices to really, really and truly get to know these players. And so beyond anything, um, we trust that they're going to be recommending guys that are going to be able to come in and fit the culture that we've established, you know, with the Raiders, a culture that, you know, will be conducive of winning, mm-hmm. a culture that will make our owners proud, a culture that Raider Nation will be proud of. And I asked Dave, I asked Josh, you know, in your guys' eyes and your vision, what what is a Raider? You know, what is the because there's certain teams that you can look at, at certain players you can say, oh, he looks like a, a Raven or a Seahawk. And mm-hmm. it's easy to identify. What is a, Ra- a, a Raider to you guys? I think Al Davis said it best when he said, just win, baby. <laughs> Yes. Um, he also mentioned a commitment to excellence. Yeah. Right. So when you find that player, um, you know, who is committed to excellence, that has that will to win, like that's an undeniable force. Mm-hmm. Right. And when you find those type of people and it goes beyond the, the, the football players, right? Anybody that we add to our organization, right. whether that's a coach or, or, or a scout or, you know, someone in the cafeteria, that's what we're looking for. Right. That's the substance of the Raider. Yeah. yeah. Right. The commitment to the grind. Right. 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 right the yeah. commitment to the process. The results are going to come. Yeah. If yeah. you can commit to that stuff. Right. Right. And so, you know, to me, that's what being a Raider, mm-hmm. being a Raider is. You're about to make me 
run through the wall, champ. Yeah, I'm about to run, I'll run through the wall for my Raiders, man. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm not mad at that. You know, and I was telling Vinny earlier today, we were listening to all the defensive players at the podium, and so many of the edge rushers were asked, well, who do you look up to? Who do you look up to? And we heard more times than not, Max Crosby. Exactly. Max Crosby. And it's crazy. It's only been a couple years, but now all of a sudden, instead of hearing, you know, the J.J. Watts, you're hearing, Max Crosby, he's made a huge impact on these young guys. Well, I think you asked me, you know, about being a Raider. Right. And I, and I think he epitomizes a lot of what, you know, we just talked about. Right. You know, super proud of him. You know, super excited, um, you know, for what his future holds with us. Um, but you're talking about a guy who commits to the process, who works. You know, I, I can I can truly say that I watched this guy sign a contract extension last year and then show up at 5.30 the next morning ready to get his workout in. Right, right. You know, and that's, yeah. that's what you want. So he's committed to the process. Right. He, he's committed to not just making himself better, but making his team better. And he believes in meeting the team where they are, where they are at and lifting them up as he climbs. Yeah. And that's what you want. I, I love the energy. I love the energy. How, how exciting is this process? Just just being involved in it. How exciting is this? Well, the process, the, the process is, is, is the process. And, um, you know, it is exciting. It's something that I'm very, very familiar with. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm more excited about, um, you know, making our fans happy. Right. You know, like yeah. when I, I see the stuff that's said and, and you know, about, about Raider Nation and, and our fans and the loyalty that they have. And that makes me want to wake up early every morning and work late every night to try to make sure that we produce a product, you know, they can be proud of. It's awesome. It's yeah. awesome. Well, Champ, I know you're busy. I know you're making your rounds. You got some scouting to do. Uh, I'm going to let you go. But thanks so much for uh, sharing some time with us uh, with Raider Nation. Appreciate you, Q. Thank you. There he goes. Champ Kelly, assistant GM right there. And I'll tell you right now, man, if that doesn't get you a little bit more fired up, right, just hearing him say that he likes to get up a little bit early, you know, he, the fans are what makes him, drives him to, to yeah. make sure that they put out a, a good product on the on the field. And, Vinny, that's all we we hear is Raider Nation saying we deserve better, we deserve better, we deserve better. Champ Kelly just said the same thing. I know, ex- ex- exactly. And, and they're trying to right. deliver better. Uh, we, we talked about this yesterday. It burns in them uh, to do right by this franchise, to get this franchise where everyone believes it should be right. uh, as one of the premier franchises uh, in the NFL. And they, they know that Raider Nation deserves that as well after you know uh, everything that's happened for these last 30 years. But you can only get there by making good decisions and by you know being diligent and being on top of things. And that's what this group, I believe, uh, is all about, and I think that that diligence and that meticulousness is going to be rewarded at some point. Uh, but you don't go from here to there; <laughs> right, you, right. you just don't, and you can't erase all the mistakes that have been made. No, uh, overnight, you just can't, or in one off season. Right? No, I mean it's 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 one of the, it's the reality. It sucks. It's the reality, but it's it's it is what it is, and so everything sounds right. Everything you know, the the reward at the end of the rainbow, I feel like could be right. Now it's just remained to be seen if they're going to hit the right buttons, you know, draft the right people, select the right free agents, you know, and 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 go in the right direction. But we know the intent is there, at the very least. We know the intent, and I don't think anyone could disagree with that, especially after listening to the Champ Kelly uh, talk, what he just talked about uh, the last few eight, nine, ten minutes that he spent with us here on Radio Row. Two forty-six at the time. We'll come back close out hour number one. Again, we're on Radio Row here in Indy at the Scouting Combine. It's Radio Nation Radio nine twenty. Our coverage of the 2023 Scouting Combine in Indianapolis is brought to you by Boyd Gaming, the official local casinos of the Las Vegas Raiders. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. 2.51 is the time. We are here at the Indiana Convention Center. Just had a really fun, exciting conversation with Champ Kelly, Raiders assistant GM. Obviously, he's here scouting out all these players. Got to talk to a lot of defensive players today. And, of course, the Raiders have been in the interview process as well, talking to quarterbacks last night, as we learned from head coach Josh McDaniels. But Champ Kelly got a lot of folks fired up. And, again, we're uh, excited to be here. And thanks to Boyd Gaming, the official locals casino of the Las Vegas Raiders, that sent us here and got a couple text messages about that uh, interview with Champ Kelly. Uh, how about this one from Sir Whiskey Ray Q? Fantastic interview with Champ Kelly. You can hear it in his voice how passionate he is for the Raiders organization. We're so blessed to have him work along with Ziggler. This time of year is exciting because of the unknown due to free agency and, of course, the upcoming draft. 
Vinny, welcome to today's show. I absolutely love your insight, always keeping it real. My feel for our pick at number seven is the offensive line kid from Northwestern. I think he's the, if he's there, we should draft him. He'll immediately help our offensive line and possibly become a great piece for years to come. That's Sir Whiskey Ray. That's the guy. That's the guy you're when, I, when I'm leaving a little bit of room, yeah. Skaronsky, man, yeah. put on his tape. That yeah, he's dude a good one. is a um, – he, he's he's uh it's a coaching tape that yeah. he puts together uh, over at right tackle uh, athletic tough um, he's 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 good in pass coverage he gets out in the second level he's just a really smooth operator he kind of reminds me I don't know if you remember uh, Gary Zimmerman uh, played oh yeah for, yeah yeah, yeah, uh, yeah Hall of Famer yep. and I don't want to put that kind of pressure right on, right but right just like the the uh, the way he's able to play he's not the he's not the most like a physical mauler kind mm-hmm. of a guy uh, but. Uh, is just so good with the footwork and the hands and the hand placement and everything. It's 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 just a thing of beauty if you like watching offensive linemen. You don't always have to be overpowering, right? Uh, to be really good at that position, although he can be. No uh, doubt, no doubt. We got doubt. we got one more text. Uh, wow, listening to Champ got me fired up. I know him and Zig are going to get things right. Finally, a competition. Uh, this brings joy to a diehard. Q, what about trading back? Bundle up picks and draft best available player. Take Hooker in the later rounds. This draft is loaded, acquiring more picks and more talent. It's where it's at. And that's fine. That's fine as well. And, and we mentioned that at the top of the show. They could, you know, they could stay pat at seven. They could trade up. They could trade back. They can do a lot of things. But I think that the key is they're not going to force something just to force it. Yeah. I think that's the biggest key. I agree. Uh, and that's why it, it is important, though, to, to come up with, like, blocks of four or five guys that you would be okay with with that pick. Right. And then say, okay, we could, we could probably trade down three spots and still get the fourth guy, you know, one of those, those four guys. So uh, I'm not going to rule that out uh, as well. Um, but – it, it just sure feels like either quarterback or defensive player uh, with that seventh pick. Or with the, wherever that first pick right. ends up being, 5, 11, yeah. 10, whatever, wherever that first seven, um, you, you feel like that's the direction that they would go. Well, one defensive player that we got to hear from earlier today, and I don't think that the Raiders would go after this guy with their first pick, but I do think he's an intriguing prospect that we talked about him. That's Army linebacker Andre Carter. Uh, he was at the podium. We got a couple minutes to hear from him, and he really just kind of started off by talking about the process that he's going through. I feel like there's a give and take with everything, you know, stuff that we learn at the academy, stuff that we go through um, is unique, and I think that um, it's valuable for anybody if they, with any walk of life, I think you can learn something from it. Um, a guy that I look uh, kind of look at in the NFL, who I've got a lot from his game is Leonard Floyd. Uh, we got similar body types, um, well, similar height. And that's somebody that I kind of looked at the past couple of years to pattern my game after. What kinds, of, what kinds of questions do you get from teams about the mil- being in the military? Um, I would say, I, I don't know. It's just basic questions. Uh, how I got there, do I, how do I like it, and kind of what I've big takeaways I've learned. What I've learned from being there. So we would get up around 6.30 uh, for morning formation, which is like accountability uh, of everybody in your company, and then have class till about noon. After that, we'd uh, eat lunch and then head up to the stadium uh, for practice, workouts, treatment, uh, meetings, all that type of stuff. Uh, have dinner with the team and then head back down around 8, 9 o'clock and get started on your homework and your military responsibilities. Uh, we've been talking to a lot of people here. It's really been a blur just trying to trying to take it all in and um, put my best foot forward. Uh, it would be an awesome opportunity. You know, I feel like any, uh, any of the 32 teams, it's kind of what I've been working for. So wherever that um, happens to be, that's where I'm... Um, that's where I love to be at. You're talking about how the process works? Okay. Um, so the policy right now is just that I would delay my service until um, after I'm done playing. So once I'm done playing uh, in the NFL, whenever that is, I'll go to um, Bullock for field, I'm a field artillery officer, so I'll go to Fort Sill, Oklahoma, kind of learn how to do that, and then get sent to a unit somewhere. Where are you in that process right now? 
Is that, is that approved? So um, we actually just had post night last night. Um, and so my post is actually Fort Sill. Um, and so whenever I'm done playing, that's kind of when I'll go do Bullock there and then um, just start that whole process. The service deferment, though, is that a done deal? You got approved for that? Um, I don't know. Um, you got to ask. I, I really don't know. Um, yeah, I'm not sure where the – you can submit a packet, and um, I'm not really sure where it's at right now. So there's uh, Army linebacker Andre Carter, uh, the second, as a matter of fact, right there. Uh, and you can see at the end, uh, my guy, and I don't know who that was, was trying to uh, get him to confirm something that's pretty much already been confirmed, but he didn't really, you know, he didn't know the exact details, and so he kept kind of hammering and hammering at him. He's like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I think uh, now uh, listening back to that, uh, you know, there's there's provisions for athletes to be right. able to, uh, in service academies to be able to d defer it. Yeah. Um, so that 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 is available. Mm -hmm. I think what Andre is probably saying is his hasn't been cleared yet. Right. I think it's a matter just. It's a matter of it's a rubber stamp. rubber stamp. Right. Exactly. Um, so he can't officially say, and you don't want to upset the wrong people. No, no, <laughs> when especially when it's coming to the country. Yeah, and the government no. and all that kind yep. of stuff. Uh, um, you know, they're like, well, we didn't make that decision. Right. You know, so he's going to play it by, uh, you know, stay on his P's and Q's. It's one of those things you let your agent answer. Yes, exactly. You know. Uh, but it, it sounds like, because there was a little bit of a, um, you know, a, a little bit of a back and forth prior to the decision in December to say, okay, uh, we're going to open up the po the possibility, the opportunity for great athletes, you mm -hmm. know, at the, at the uh, academies to be able to pursue their professional career and then defer their uh, deployment or their, you know, the obligations for the military until after their careers are over at another time. And I think that that's going to be just a matter of time for him. You know, the one thing we'll say, and then we'll take a break, because we have Jordan Reed from ESPN coming up to talk all things NFL draft, and we'll ask him about Andre Carter. I really do, I say it all the time, and I don't want anyone to take it lightly, how much I respect the military and everything that they do and their sacrifices, but as it pertains to football, all the things we hear from Dave Ziegler and everything we hear from Josh McDaniels is all about smart, intelligent players, right? Disciplined players that aren't going to do stupid mistakes, have yeah. a 15-yard penalty at the end of the game uh, to stop you, you know, to stop from getting off the field. You know, yeah. just dumb mistakes that you have to have different. Uh, you have to be disciplined and you have to be intelligent. That's what those guys are. Right. Exactly. You know? uh, <laughs> They That's, kind of embody that. Exactly. That is exactly who they are. So Jordan Reed from ESPN, he'll join us next. We'll talk all things NFL Draft. Again, we're live here in the Scouting Combine. We're excited about our opportunity to be here, and this is Radio Nation Radio 920. Who will go dancing from the Missouri Valley? Find out as we have their championship game Sunday at 11 on